Hey everyone, welcome back to Autism Uprooted with Bionexus Health. Today we will be discussing all about thyroid. I have seen very often that uh, parents of children on the spectrum complain about growth issues, sleep issues, lack of energy or too much energy. Uh, and in fact, these problems can exist in siblings, in other family members, as well as not just autistic uh, patients, but also other patients with chronic illnesses can have similar concerns as well. It is uh, very important to look at thyroid, the impact that it, it has on almost every cell in the body. And let's take a deep dive into thyroid, what it is, what are the functions, what makes it tick, what causes the functionality of your thyroid to come to a screeching halt. Let's proceed, shall we? Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. Uh, thyroid problems, thyroid disorders are some of the most commonly overlooked um, conditions in my practice. I'm, I find with the uh, uh, children on the spectrum, their family members, as well as patients with other chronic illnesses. Uh, for those who do find uh, thyroid problem, uh, problems, it's approximately uh, 40 to 60% even of uh, the patients in my practice that suffer from underactive thyroid or hypothyroidism and other thyroid conditions. Some of them are evident, uh, pretty evident clinically, and uh, approximately, I would say 20% have autoimmune thyroid issues. So uh, sadly, these are often missed because when it comes to autism, the symptoms are what is focused on and underlying issues are very often missed by, uh, by you know, conventional doctors. Uh, I believe that every patient uh, should be screened annually, at least once a year for, for um, thyroid problems, right? Especially mothers of autistic children looking to have more children. The screening should include a proper history, a physical exam of the thyroid, okay, right here, and a complete thyroid blood testing. It's available, um, sorry about the, the phone. I do have to keep it on because I'm, I'm on call right now. So anyways, hopefully it, it won't bother us much. All right. So the screening should include a thorough history, a physical exam, complete thyroid blood testing that, that's available in almost every country. Now remember, this includes not just the TSH, this is the thyroid stimulating hormone, right? So not just the TSH, but it should also include T4, T3, and reverse uh, reverse T3, and last but not the least, th 
thyroid antibodies as well. Okay, so let's take a look at what are all of these. Now, the thyroid gland sits in the lower part of the neck, like I pointed out earlier. It is stimulated by a hormone from the anterior pituitary gland in the brain. Now, this hormone is known as TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. So what happens when the body requires thyroid hormone? TSH is released from the pituitary in order to stimulate the thyroid gland to produce the hormone. So thyroxine, or also known as T4, is the most common thyroid hormone, right? So we need thyroid stimulating hormone to be released to stimulate the thyroid to produce thyroxine, which is T4. The, now you will ask, what's the number four? Why is it T4? So the four in the T4 refers to how many iodine atoms are attached to the thyroglobulin molecule. Keep in mind, iodine atoms, right? Now, after T4 is released into the bloodstream, it is converted in the periphery of the body to either T3 or reverse T3. There is an enzyme, iodothyronine-deiodinase, which is responsible for removing one atom of iodine from T4 in order to produce either free T3 or reverse T3. Remember T4, four iodine atoms, T3, three iodine atoms. And the enzyme that I mentioned, the iodothyronine deiodinase, that is the one that removes one iodine atom, right? So let's talk about the most common thyroid problems that are seen. Number one is iodine deficiency. Worldwide, iodine deficiency is the most common cause of thyroid disorder, especially hypothyroidism. Okay. Now, the thyroid gland contains the largest concentration of iodine in the body. Keep in mind, it is impossible to make thyroid hormone without adequate iodine levels. Okay. And also recall what I just said a little a couple moments back, that the two most important, uh, the most common thyroid hormones produced in the body T4 and T3 each contain iodine atoms, don't they? Yep. All right, now let's proceed to the next one. Next one is, first there is iodine deficiency, then the next one is poor T4 conversion. Okay, so triiodothyronine or T3, is the active form of the thyroid hormone. It has 80% more activity than T4. 
And many patients who suffer from, many patients I see suffer from an inability or a reduced ability to convert T4 into T3. So that is why if testing does not include T4 and T3 levels, then it will be impossible to detect if the patient is a poor, is a poor T4 converter, right? Because, you know, uh, people who are poor T4 converters will often have normal TSH and normal T4 levels, but T3 levels will be low. So simple blood test can give us that information. All right. We also need to look at levels of T3 and we need to look at levels of reverse T3 because what happens when a person is a poor converter, a poor converter of T4 to T3, now this person will often have elevated levels of what? Of reverse T3. That's because if the body cannot convert T4 into T3, it will inst instead change T3 into reverse T3. So that is, that is what um, we see. All right. Uh, and remember, treatment for all of these that I'm highlighting will be specific to what shows up in the labs, right? It's not one size fits all if we are looking for um, a proper and thorough treatment and alleviation of the problem. Next problem is hypothyroidism. So when a thyroid gland is not producing sufficient amounts of thyroid hormone, then symptoms like headaches, muscle weakness, muscle aches and pains, um, always feeling cold, you know, like a very heightened sensitivity to cold, dry skin, uh, fatigue, feeling tired a lot, hair thinning, unexplained weight gain. These are some of the common symptoms that are seen with hypothyroidism, okay? So uh, a failing thyroid gland seems to be easily diagnosed, you know, hypothyroidism. And uh, it, it also seems to be uh, diagnosed by pediatricians, by regular primary care doctors, because this is where you, you measure your TSH. Okay, but, but important thing to realize is proper treatment of hypothyroidism isn't just playing around with your TSH. It is important to include all of the underlying causes. What brought the body to low TSH levels, to hypothyroidism? You know, in, in many cases, it can be successfully managed by just correcting, I mean, of course, checking for and correcting the iodine deficiency and other uh, nutrients that are important for thyroid health and I'll, I'll go a little bit into, uh, uh, into detail about those in, in, uh, in a few more minutes, all right? Now, uh, 
The last one is thyroid hormone resistance. Um, thyroid hormone resistance is very challenging to diagnose. It usually isn't investigated properly or uh, diagnosed, but it is something that I like to look for is where the thyroid gland produces enough T4 and T3. However, yet the hormones cannot bind to their receptors in the cells of the body. All right. So in case of thyroid hormone resistance, we see that TSH, even T4 and T3 levels are normal, but T4 and T3 cannot bind to their receptors. So you need a proper clinical history, the labs and checkups I described earlier, as well as a proper checking of the basal body temperature. Now, I'm not going to get into this, you know, if, if um, any of you suspects an issue, let's discuss this on an individual basis in your, um, in your appointment. But uh, what we should know is that thyroid hormone resistance occurs if a person has genetic anomalies of thyroid hormone receptors. So autoimmune oxidative and or toxic damage to the thyroid hormone receptors can also produce this, produce the same issue. Do our children have an autoimmune problem? Children on the spectrum? Yes, of course. Almost all children that I see on the autism spectrum also have pans pandas. And what is pans pandas? It's an autoimmune condition. Oxidative issues, toxins, those are two other common things that are seen in uh, patients with chronic illness. Chronic illness, chronic inflammation, autism spectrum disorders. All right. You know, um, there is something called as endocrine disruptors, meaning competitive binding to thyroid hormone receptors by thyroid hormone mimics, like many different pollutants and toxins that we, uh, we come across, can also cause this condition. Okay. All right. Now, uh, proper treatment for thyroid hormone resistance is absolutely going to include eliminating any foods that are endocrine disruptors, Refined foods like sugar, flour, refined salt. Um, thyroid hormone resistance usually uh, responds well to supplementation. And again, you know, it has to be discussed on an individual basis. Uh, last but not the least, let's talk about um, <clears throat> autoimmune thyroid disorders. Uh, these will include Hashimoto's and Graves' diseases, conditions that can cause the body's immune system to attack the thyroid gland. Now, it seems to occur 
um, eight to 10 times more frequently in females than in males. Women, females also have higher iodine requirements than men. You know, I've, I've often wondered if this is one of the, one of the reasons why uh, girls on the spectrum, it is harder and more challenging to see improvements and recover uh, female patients with autism spectrum disorders. At least that's what I've seen in my practice. Um, we do see excellent results, but it, you know, it, it just takes um, a, a little bit longer sometimes. Okay, <clears throat> so women have, females have higher iodine requirements than men. The major reason is that, you know, women just have more glandular tissue than men, um, particularly the breast tissue. So once again, depending on the age of the patient, right? So when girls, uh, girls grow and enlarge during puberty, that is when the iodine requirements markedly increase because iodine helps to maintain a lot of functions for females more than in the males. Another thing to remember here is I have spoken about this to you guys individually as well as uh, you know in, in my lectures that when there is biotoxin illness and mold exposure, there is often earlier puberty. In males and females, boys and girls can both deal with issues of uh, early puberty. So that is something to keep in mind as well. Okay, now iodine deficiency also disrupts the architecture of the thyroid gland. And when the architecture of the thyroid gland is disrupted, that can lead to autoimmune thyroid illness as well. Additionally, research has also shown that underlying Lyme disease, biotoxin illness, can lead to immune dysfunction, and one immune dysfunction being autoimmunity, and that could be another reason for autoimmune thyroid disorders. All right. The two most common antibodies that need to be measured, that can be measured in blood work is TPO and TG. So TPO is thyroid peroxidase and TG is uh, thyroglobulin. Okay, so what can be done? What is important and what can be done to help with uh, all these different kinds of thyroid problems that I, um, that I described, right? So number one would be correcting iodine deficiency, correcting other nutritional deficiencies like selenium, vitamins A, C, and D. Also magnesium and B vitamins are um, cofactors for maintaining healthy thyroid. Eating a healthy diet free of refined foods, free of bromine. Now bromine is used, bromated flour is used in making conventional bread. Check with your organic bakery if they are using um, 
bromated flour, right? If the flour is chlorinated, bromated, so chlorine, bromine, fluorine, fluoride, these compete with iodine. These are halides, just like iodine. Iodine is also a halide, and these complete, uh, sorry, compete with iodine and can cause iodine deficiencies. I'll, I'll speak about halides um, when, I, um, when I do my toxins podcast, but for now, just understand that, you know, chlorine, bromine, fluorine, or fluoride, it is best to avoid. You will see many children with pans, pandas, have a pretty significant reaction to chlorinated swimming pools, don't they? Yeah. Okay, so some simple steps or some simple tips to balance your thyroid health naturally. Okay. Limit your stress levels as much as possible. With your children, the same. Chronic stress will interfere significantly with thyroid function. Um, minimize your exposure to environmental toxins. So pesticides, herbicides, fertilizers, household cleaning products, uh, these, you know, scented, overly uh, modified antibacterial soaps, mold exposure, these can all act as hormone disruptors, which may again um, interfere with thyroid function. Heavy metals, avoiding heavy metals such as mercury is important. Mercury, as many of you may know, is found in tuna, amalgam dental, uh, amalgam dental fillings, certain vaccines, even some over-the-counter products like some contact lens fluid. Uh, mercury also adversely affects the thyroid. I mean, other than you know a myriad of other issues that um, mercury can cause toxicity with, it adversely affects your thyroid. Okay, this can be a little bit controversial right now, but um, I recommend eating only fermented forms of soy, such as miso. So um, unfermented soy is high in isoflavones, which in some people may contribute to thyroid issues. Next is a good night's sleep. So make a good night's sleep a high priority. Many children on the spectrum, and as a result of their sleep issues, other family members. So many children on the spectrum have a lot of sleep issues. I remember Brian used to wake up every two and a half hours for years, you know, with a cough or uh, difficulty breathing or some kind of allergy issues. It is so detrimental to the body, not getting a healing night's rest, you know, because so many things happen when the body sleeps, right? Your, your body uh, repairs and detoxifies. So make good sleep a high priority. A thyroid imbalance may cause or even contribute to sleep difficulties. 
I mean, there's no magic number when it comes to the amount of sleep you need, but uh, most adults will need at least seven to nine hours per night, especially if you have chronic illness. I, I recommend the use of a high quality iodine supplement. And I usually discuss this in, in your appointments because dosage and slow buildup is often important. All right. Now, support your thyroid with optimal levels of thyroid-loving nutrients. What are those? I said those, right? Vitamins A, D, E, riboflavin, niacin, minerals such as zinc, selenium, manganese. And don't forget to provide nutritional support for your poor overworked adrenal glands, which are also impacted by health. Adrenal support is important. Mitochondrial support is important as well. So thyroid, mitochondrial support, adrenal support goes hand in glove with a good, well-balanced diet, free as much as possible of toxins, living in an environment free of toxins as much as possible, using um, household cleaning products that are non-toxic. The same goes for laundry, Min, you know, uh, being vigilant about environmental exposure to mold and elimination of any uh, mold in your, especially your sleeping quarters. It's absolutely critical that you are not exposed to mold on a continuing basis. You, your child, you know, it affects the whole family just because the child um, with autism has um, has issues, right? You know, all, all the obvious symptoms that you see. That doesn't mean that other family members are not affected. It, it is often a silent storm going on behind the scenes. And many of us just kind of, you know, sweep it under the carpet saying that, oh, you know, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I'm getting older. Um, I have thyroid issues because many, many uh, siblings and family members of children on the spectrum do have thyroid issues that that's like I mentioned earlier. So I hope you found this information useful. There's no need to panic and, and you know, start doing um, everything that, that I, have, um, I have suggested. It's important to listen to the podcast carefully, do your own research, discuss with your primary care. You can discuss with me, of course, anytime you like uh, during your appointment. I'm always happy to help uh, make sure that your entire family is healthy. All right. So I will see you guys next time. Remember to subscribe to the channel. And thank you for joining me today. Be well. Keep smiling. Namaste. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast, where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, 
mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugs. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.